Well, good evening. We are in the middle of a series entitled Built to Last. And it's one of those series that if you're coming in mid-ship or mid-conversation, uh, go on the app, go online, and find all the sermons that we preached before this and catch up. It is a series designed to invest into our families because at Westover Hills, we believe that strong faith builds strong families. I gave you the answer. Come on, that was easy. Strong faith builds strong families. And so we've been investing in the families. You may say I'm single or I'm a student in the room today. And and I'm telling you, there's no better way to learn how to have a family or to be a part of a family than now. Not when you have one yourself, but now learn the art of being a good caretaker of your family and strengthening your family as an individual. And then when you have your family, you'll have all the tools necessary to be a successful, uh, healthy family. And so these series, this series has been built to help with that. And we're continuing that with the subject of a smart home. I don't know if you know this, but our homes are getting smarter and smarter and smarter. If you go to Best Buy, they got a whole section now just to make your dumb home smart, right? They're trying to make your, your home smarter than, than what it once was, right? And I read an article just like literally four hours ago that said that they're trying to figure out a way to make Alexa and Wi-Fi a part of every modern home, like the built so that your home comes pre-built with Alexa. So middle schoolers, by the time you're ready to purchase a home, you'll have Alexa, and uh, she may sound a little older, she may sound a little like grandma, that's all right, but she'll be there, and so will Wi-Fi built into your, I mean, they're trying to do anything and everything. Your cell phone can unlock your door just by walking up to the door, it knows your phone, Bluetooth is there, you know, you can talk to your lights and they shut off, you can talk to your lights and they do a little dance light show for you, I mean, really, our hearts are getting more and more intelligent. But unfortunately, we're we're not spending enough time investing on the people living inside these homes, right? The homes are getting smarter, but not calling us dumber. I'm just saying that there's been a lack of investment on the inside of the home, on the people who pay for this thing. And so tonight, our heart through the guise of creating a smart home, I hope that we can uh, build on our faith tonight and create smart individuals as we leave here and smart families, okay? So we're going to open up, we're going to be all over the place tonight, lots of material to cover, kind of a teaching night tonight, more than a preaching night tonight, so just get ready. If you have the app, this is a great day to use it, because there's a lot of material in the app that's not going to be on the screens, and that's intentional, so you have to look at the app, okay? So go download it if you don't have it. We got Wi-Fi here, we know the time we live in. Go get on the app, find it, and we're going to be in the app tonight all over the place in Scripture. But we're going to start in the book of Psalms chapter 112. We're going to read this together, and anytime you see something that's either highlighted or underlined, just yell it out with us. Just participate and be a part of this so I know that I'm not putting you to sleep. Here we go. Uh, Psalms chapter 112, verses 1 through 4, and then verse 6. It says this, How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. Now, I know when you hear the word commands and obey, you don't think of the words delightful and joy. But the Word of God teaches us that if we'll we'll delight ourselves in what God teaches, His Word, His commands, that that there's there's an access to joy and there's an access to delight that comes when we do that. Verse 2, it says about those people who do this, who delight and obey in God's commands, their children will be successful everywhere. Now, come on, parents. I don't know a single parent that does not want their child to be successful, amen? And not just in their house, but when they go into the marketplace or when they go into college or when they go you know, into high school, middle school, and even beyond all of those things that we want our kids to be successful. I've never met a parent that says, I just hope my 32-year-old son comes back in the house and lives in my basement, and lives on my couch, and lives in my attic, or whatever, right? We don't want them near us at 32. We're like, come on, 
Get a good start. Go. So this is a true word. They're children. Those people who delight in obeying his commands, that's to us parents in this room. It says their children will be successful everywhere. I love that promise. I love it. And I'm going to own that for my family. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. It goes even beyond those children. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. And then it says this, they themselves will be wealthy. Still speaking of our children. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will what? Last forever. That's what this entire series is about. We want to invest in things that last forever. What doesn't last forever is your house, your Xbox, your television, your car. None of that stuff lasts forever. What lasts forever is people. And God's challenge here is says, man, if we'll invest in our next generation, they, we have good deeds that will last forever. And then verse 4, it says this, they are generous, compassionate, and righteousness. Wasn't that an awesome resume for your child, right? They're generous. Wouldn't it be nice to say that your children are compassionate and righteous? In verse 6, it says this, those who are righteous will be long remembered. I want, I want my family to not just be remembered that they lived on a certain address or they went to a certain school, or had these certain accolades in this life. But what I want my kids, my generation underneath me, and the generation underneath them to be remembered for is that they delighted in the commands of the Lord because that's what lasts. So it's a challenge to us right off the bat. Those who delight, those who delight and are joyful when it comes to obeying His commands. Those households are forever Remember, they're built to last. So tonight, that's what we're going to do. We're going to unpack some of the commands and some of the obediences of God's word for our families. And we're going to do it through the eyes, the guise of smart stuff in our home. But the culture tells us, put this in your notes, culture says that success, if you're, you're, you're not considered a success, you don't get to put the label on, hello, my name is success, uh, un- unless you are well-rounded, well-educated and happy. That's what they'll tell you. And I don't disagree with any of those words by themselves. Well-rounded, awesome. Well-educated, double awesome, okay? Because I don't know very much vocabulary. I need to work on that one, all right? Double awesome. And, and then happy, sweet. We love to be happy. But I have some problem with this. It's missing the most important component of what I believe Christ followers are called to do. So I put in your notes, Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, What good would it be for someone to gain the whole world? They get all the happiness. They get all the education. They get all the well-roundedness they can receive in this this side of heaven. But they lose their soul. Their spiritual life goes to the wastebasket. What does that benefit a man? What does it benefit our children that we give them all this stuff? We give them switches and we give them, uh, not switches, like, you know, that's what we thought, switches. But like, you know, that's a Nintendo thing now. You got to catch up, right? So, you know, what, what is it that we give them all this stuff? but they don't love Jesus, they have no encounter with the Holy Spirit, and they live spiritually bankrupt. The Bible says we lost everything if we do that. We've lost everything. We've gained nothing. All of it is forfeited. It's gone. So I I, I say culture says that's what success is, being well-rounded, well-educated, and happy. I would say this. We are not called to just be well-rounded, well-educated, or happy. I think we are called to be Christ-centered, biblically-anchored world changers. That's what I want my generation to be known for, and that's what I want the next generation to be known for, that they can anchor themselves not in the culture of our time, but in the culture of Scripture, the knowledge of who God is. I want it 
to last, right? I know some of you are like, I want that too, but man, I'm just overwhelmed with paying bills and making sure they don't grow out of their clothes this summer, right? Like, I get it. It could be a little overwhelming because when you hear the word world changers, you're like, oh, I just want them to brush their teeth, right? I just want them to, you know, show up to the job on time, right? I just want, and I get it. My wife and I have two kids about to be nine and about to be seven. So we're in this with you. This is not a, we're here and we've arrived, right? No, we're like, okay, uh, anybody got some secrets? Because we got to figure this out together. We're going to take this journey around three things, three ways I believe that we can smart, we can make our families more intelligent as it relates to well-rounded, excuse me, biblically anchored, Christ-centered world changers. Cool? Can we do that? So we're going to go through three things, three categories of smart things in our family are smart conversations. One, we're going to talk about smart doors, right? And I'm not talking about Bluetooth locks. We're going to, we're going to get in what a smart door is for me. And we're going to talk about uh, not just smart doors. We're going to talk about smart discipline. What does that look like? Because everyone wants to know, can I spank my kid? Can I kill my children? Like what, what is allowed? What is legally? All right. We're, we're, we're talking about smart discipline. And then we're going to talk about smart hearts and purity and values as it relates to our family system. And if you're here, you're going, well, I'm not a family. I'm a single unit. I'm a middle schooler. I'm a high schooler. I'm a young adult. Listen, all of this still applies to you. Every aspect of this still applies to you. You still need to know what doors to walk through. You still need to know how to discipline your heart. And you still need to know how to keep purity a part of your life, no matter what stage of life you're in. But there's going to be a section of this message that you're going to, you're going to be tempted to check out on. And that's when I talk directly to parents. I don't want you to do that because one day... One day, you will be a parent. And all of us that are already parents will laugh and go, payback. No, just kidding. Like, you're going to be a parent one day. Not tomorrow, and maybe not for 20 years. But I hope you tuck this away, because this is what the Word of God says that will bring joy and delight to your life, because it's going to come from God's Word. Smart doors, smart discipline, smart heart. We've got a lot to cover, so here we go. You ready? Get your notes. And we're going to start with smart doors. Do you realize that some of the stuff that we expose our families to sometimes determines who they become? I, I could say all the times, but I, I don't want to get caught in that. Sometimes our exposures are not, you know, are things that we are part of our circumstantial and not really our fault or they just happen. They're circumstance or tragedy. But, but what we allow into our homes through the doors of our eyes or our ears or our hearts, do you know that that shapes who our families are? What we allow into our home, what we allow into our lives shapes us. It does. Proverbs thirteen twenty says it like this. Walk with the wise and become what? Right. Like that's simple, right? If I walk with wisdom, I'm going to be exposed to wisdom. Therefore, I will have access to wisdom. They rub off on me. Wisdom and wisdom. If I'm hanging around wisdom, wisdom's going to rub off on me. But if I am a companion of fools, I'm going to suffer harm. So if I totally ignore everything that this book teaches me about smart doors and following after the Lord, I'm going to find myself in a harmful situation. You may say, I'm just starting out. Or you may say, amen, brother, because that's what happened to us in our family. You may be agreeing with me, or you may be saying, I, I'm not there. What do, you, what do you mean? Either way, tonight, we're going to see through God's word what a smart door looks like. You know that our... our our next generation, let me just speak to you for a second. The parents that are kind of like new to this, maybe you have little, little ones, or maybe even you have middle school, but you're just kind of disconnected from them. Can I just tell you, our next generation, even young adults, are exposed to some pretty dark stuff. Times, they have a changed in our culture. What you and I were talking about in, in, in senior year of high school is conversation in sixth grade now. Just 
Take a moment and let that just hit you right in the forehead. What we were talking about as seniors in high school, our children are talking about in the sixth grade. That's how far degraded our culture has become when it comes to morality. Our, our, our generation is exposed to so much. Everything from bad attitudes, over-sexualization in our culture, materialism, racism, it's all still there. It's all still part of their culture. Now, I can never force anyone in my house to love God, and neither can you. But I can open doors and I can begin to walk people and expose my family to doorways and pathways that I believe that God wants me to leave. I can always take my children and lead them to this and open the door for them and say, watch me and follow me as I follow Christ. I can always do that as you can as well. That opportunity is always there. You say, but not for me. No, it's for every single person. I can force, but I can walk through and lead my children through specific experiences, specific doorways that I'm going to call smart doors tonight. Doors that I want every single family to begin to open in their house and in their family system. So door number one, just really simply is this. The art, the door of knowing God personally. Do you know that you can open that door as a parent? Do you know that you can open that door as an individual? You can say, you know what? The Holy Spirit has been dealing with me and, and God can begin to open that door and you can walk through it. You can expose yourself to God Personally, not just as a church, not as a church service, but as a one-on-one relationship. I truly believe that the first smart door that I ever want to open in my house is the door of knowing God personally. John chapter 17, when Jesus was praying, he's praying for you and I. He's praying for his disciples, but then he begins to pray for us, the believers, those who are going to come. You, me, that's us. And it says this, Father, eternity is found in when they know you, Jesus. When they know you, Father. When they know my Father. We have the opportunity as families to lead our family to the doorway of knowing Jesus personally. I have had the privilege, I have had the privilege, and it truly is a privilege, to lead both my children to the Lord. I've been in their rooms when they've just been prayer at night and they're getting ready and they've asked me, Dad, what does this mean? And And I just began to pray with them and my wife and I have been able to say, this is what salvation is. And yes, you need it because you're the worst sinner of them all. <laughs> Look at your room. Like, and we've been, able to, we've been able to practically just right there in that moment, I as a dad said, I'm going to open the door that my kids will know. I didn't wait for it to be at the church. I didn't wait for it to be somebody else's job. I as a parent said, I'm going to open, I'm going to have this door in my house. The door of knowing God personally. And I got I to just speak to those of us that maybe grew up in this, where we don't push knowing God, we push the rules of church. Um, I, I've been used, because I've been in ministry for a long time as a youth pastor, I've been used as the, the bad guy. If you, if, you don't, if you don't clean your room, Pastor Mike is going to come. And he's going to, you know, I'm like, what am I going to do, right? Clean, you know, I'm like, what, if you don't, you're not going to get to go to church today. Like, use it as a punishment, to some kids. And listen, but we push, we push the rules. We push the rules. This is what it's about. It's about not doing this, not doing this, not doing this. Instead of saying, son, daughter, young adult in my house, you get the privilege of knowing the creator of the universe. I want that door in my house always open. Always open in my home. Number two, door number two. The door to the presence and the power of God in the local church. 
It's not, a, it's not an option in my house. Are we going to church today? It's not a, <laughs> we, we don't say that. The only thing we ask is what service are you going to go to? Because that's a reality. We, we got a thousand services here. So we're, you know, which one are you going to go to? But in our home, we have made a decision. Church is not an option. Why? Because in the presence of God, they can be transformed. I understand that as a dad, as a husband, as a Christ follower. I personally don't want to miss out on this. If you missed last Wednesday night, I'm just telling you, you missed a ton. I mean, right in the middle of worship, I didn't, we just were worshiping. And God said, hold on a second, I want to do something powerful right here. And there were people in this place just seven days ago who were healed, who were set free from drugs, who were set free from bondage. Right? It just happens here. It, it, it did. And when that door is shut or that door is not, we're not leading our families to this door. Young adults, we're not honoring this door. We're not saying, I got to be at the local church. I can just watch this podcast or I can just, you know, download this sermon. Listen, you're missing out on this. You're missing out on the power and the presence of God. School's not an option, right? The, The dance wasn't an option. Oh, you're going to prom. You're going to that eighth grade dance and I'm going to shepherd. It wasn't an option. So why do we make church an option? Right? So we're going we're gonna to present the smart door of the presence and the power of God inside the local church. And uh, so I'm just going to speak to those in the room that say, well, I don't need to go to church uh, because it's not relevant or whatever the case may be. Can I just say, we don't, need, we don't, go, to, we don't go to church either. We are the church. I want to teach you that. Like, you, you don't go to church you just show up and we are, we are, you are the church in this place as I am the church and, and as you are sitting, you are the church. You're here. So even if you gather, you're, you're the, you are the church. That's it. I just want to just, just speak to that. We are the church. So number, number one is this door is, I'm, the smart door is I'm just going to, I'm going to lead my children. I'm going to lead my family and personally knowing God. So that may mean I have to walk to the door first, right? I got to know him personally. Secondly is I'm going to lead them to the door of God's presence inside the local church. And third, the opportunity to serve, the thrill of being used by God. I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like partnering with your kids, nothing like partnering with your family and saying, together, we're going to serve. And we offer so many different ways to do that. And I love that in our kids' ministry, you just have to be a third grader. You can be a third grader, fourth grader. You can be on the worship team singing. You can be ushering over there. You can be leading things. You can be running technology in middle school and high school ministry. There are people in this room running cameras that are younger than me. I mean, it's okay because we want to give people the door, the smart door of serving in the local church because there's something that happens inside of you when you partner with God in the local church. It just blows your mind. It's an amazing experience. And let me just speak to those that are in here, middle school, high school, if you're in here. Listen, you hear me going to say this a lot, next gen, next gen, next gen. You're not the church of tomorrow. You're the church of today. Hello. You're the church that we're looking to say, stand up, rise up, young adults. We've already talked about this. We are the church today, not tomorrow. It's now. Here's your opportunity to get involved. There's no higher calling than making a difference in the name of Jesus by telling people Christ is there. So smart door number one, leading people, knowing, knowing God personally. Excuse me, knowing God personally, knowing God personally. I'm going to always have that door in my house unlocked. I'm going to also have this door over here. And this door is going to be, I want my family and I want myself in church because that's the presence and the power of God just moves so freely in that door. And this other door that we're going to always have, it's always going to be there. We're going we're to make our home intelligent by saying we're going to serve as a family. Joshua got this, remember? People of Israel are like, I don't, I don't know, like some of us say, I don't know, I don't know. 
I don't know about all that. Serving business. Joshua said, serve the God alone. Serve God by himself. He's the God. Serve him. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose who you will serve because you're designed to serve somebody. You're going to serve yourself or you're going to serve work or you're going to serve your career. You're going to serve Netflix. You're going to serve somebody. This is not happen. He says, choose you today. But he says, ask for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. That's a declaration. That's a door saying, God, I'm going to keep that door open. As me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. All right, here we go. So we're changing the subject. We're changing the subject. That's smart doors. Now we're going to get into smart discipline. And I know young adults are going to be tempted to turn me out because this is directed particularly to parents. But this first point is not. Smart discipline. Discipline is correction driven by love. And if you cannot grab hold of the fact that you will be disciplined in this world, I promise you, by somebody, your boss, get all hurt by that, don't you? My boss told me I needed to be on time and my shirt was wrinkled. And who does he think he is? And, right? Discipline needs to be a part of every one of our lives. Whether you're middle school or whether you're beyond that by some years. All right, here's what Hebrews says, chapter 12. My son, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. Some of us, God has been trying to change this in our life and trying to lead us, and we've just been, ah, I'll do it next year, I'll do it next year. And he says, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. When, it, when, when he rebukes me, you know, not if, when. Because the Lord disciplines those he, come on, don't fall asleep on me now. This is a tough one, loves. He does it out of love. Young adult, when, when, when the Holy Spirit checks you because you're someplace you shouldn't be or you're in a relationship you shouldn't be in or, or you're pursuing some pathway that God said it was never designed for you, know that that comes from love, not out of rules. It says he, does, he disciplines those he loves. All right, so parents, tune in, lean in a little bit, mom and dad. This is for us. Young adults, just take good notes because you're going to be a parent one day and we're going to go, mwah, all right. Discipline isn't something you do to your child. It's something you do for them. It's not an act of doing something to a child. Discipline. We're talking about smart. Making awareness in our houses a little bit more intelligent. It's not something you do to them. It's something you actually do for them. Like feeding them, right? You don't do that to them. Come here so I can feed you, right? No. I need, I need you look, you know, I'm going to feed you. I need to do this to you because it's on my calendar. No. We do it for them. Why? Because we love them. We feed them, right? Most of it because we love them. <laughs> Discipline isn't something we do to kids. It's something we do for children. Zig Ziglar said this, and I want you to get this, mom and dad. A child who has not been disciplined with love by his little world, that's you and I, will be disciplined without love by the great big world out there. They can either receive it with love from us or without love. And I've had a toddler, so I know that's the most challenging season until they become a teenagers in the world, right? When you're at HEB, that's when they just want to prove to you that they're in charge. And you've got a handful of groceries, and you're trying to just get out of there without pulling out their hair. And they're just on the floor. It happens all the time. We've all seen it. Listen, we either do it with love, or this big world of theirs will do it without it. So let's make the decision that we're going to get smart about our discipline. So here we go. Uh, here are some categories. Don't nudge your husband. All right? Don't point fingers. Don't text them. Hey, they're talking about you today. All right? 
But here's some undisciplined parents. These are some types of parents that exist in this undisciplined world of millennials that we have. First is this, the lifeguard parents, right? This is the lifeguard parents. They rescue too soon, right? There was a skit that was on Saturday Night Live with Jim Carrey a long time ago, and he was drowning in a hot tub, right? It's like, seriously, your kid's not going to, you know, he's okay. He's a grown man. He's not going to drown in a hot tub. That was a skit. Some of us, we, our kids get in one little tiff, or they get in a, uh, they, they run in, they get in problems at school, or they get in an issue, and we just run, bust in with a whistle, get them, rescue them, CPR, bring them back to life, they're dying. No, mom, I just fell off the, you know, the merry-go-round. I'm okay. There's a type of parent in this room that we, I'll, I'll call them the lifeguard parent, okay? They often rescue a child from consequences, right? They get the phone call from the middle school. Yeah, your student was X, Y, Z, and they got in trouble. No, not my student. Not my little Johnny. He's perfect. He doesn't make any mistakes. I promise you he's an angel, right? And, and, and we, 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 you know what you need to do? You need to, you need to fix that teacher. You need to fix that principal. You need to fix that. Blah, and we just, we try to run in there. And we try to rescue them. And the reality is, the Word of God actually says this in Galatians chapter 6. Do not be deceived, lifeguard parent. God cannot be mocked. A man will reap what he sows. We have to teach our children in discipline. Smart discipline here. Listen, you stuck the finger in the light socket, you are going to experience the electrocution afterwards. I cannot rescue you from that. There it is. Right? There are some things, yes, we're going to step in because we don't want them to fall off a cliff. I get it. But what I'm saying is we do this too fast sometimes. Parent, I've been guilty of this. I've worn the life vest. I've put the little zinc on my nose. And I've run out here to rescue my son. And I've gotten involved in, I probably should have just let him figure that one out. I probably should have, said, just, should have just said, son, when you lie, here are the consequences. Son, when you steal, here are the consequences. Sometimes we have to allow that to happen. The consequences uh, are part of what they reap. We have to let them do that. We can't, we can't rescue them from every situation. Or the Etch-a-Sketch parents. Remember Etch-a-Sketch? Those crazy things, right? You can go up, awesome. Down, amazing. Sideways, not to save your life, right? Follow the diagonal line. You're like, you know, you never did the same line twice the same way. That's some, that's some of us when we parent. We're so inconsistent. We're so all over the map. We're like, one day it's like, yes, you can, you can do this, Johnny. And the next day you're like, Johnny, why did you do that? And he's going, I, I don't know. Last, last week it was okay. Today it's not. I, it all depends on what mood you're in, Mom. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Right? And we're inconsistent. Some of us, have, I, I've been there. I've been, my, my wife and I, we've been the inconsistent. We've been the etched sketch. You can't ever get that line the exact same. So the Word of God teaches us. This in Proverbs 29. The rod of correction, there it is. I'm speaking of the rod, middle schoolers. The rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a child left to himself disgraces his mother. Here it is. Discipline your son, and he will give you peace, and he will bring delight to you. So we think we're going to break them, but the Bible says it's good for them. It keeps the consistent, keeps the ground level. They understand what the, okay, these are the ground rules. Not, okay, one week was okay, but last week it's not. I don't know how to function in this crazy house. And they grow up not knowing how to function in society. I can break the rules this way. I can speed this week, but I, I, you know, they'll, they'll choose when to follow a moral code. So at home, we have to be consistent. We have to let them face the consequences. And number three, and then I'll turn back to everyone, leave our parents uh, with this. The split decision parents, right? Just like the, right? 
the fire at the hip parent. She comes running to you. Dad. No. Comes running to mom. Mom. Yes. You know, mom's like, sure. Or vice versa. Mom's like, no. Dad's like, yeah. We just, we fire at the hip. And oftentimes we're not unified as parents. And our kids know this. Let's, let's, let's keep them separate. Let's, let's keep them on opposite sides of the fence. They won't know who's, you know. Mom, dad said, you know, I didn't say it. Mom, dad, mom said, right? They, they, they do this. Check this out. Amos chapter 3. We're going to find some wisdom in the book of Amos tonight. Do, do two, he's asking a question. Do two walk together unless they've agreed to do so, right? Are we actually going to walk together unless we actually agree to do so? So before crisis, as a parent, you have to say, not based on emotions, not based on the time of year it is, not based on whether we've got money in the bank account. No, as for me in my house, your spouse and you look together and say, we're going to serve the Lord. And so when our child comes and is crazy, we're going to agree to discipline together, not separate. So there's some parental expectations in, in our home. We say these stories. They could ask Jeremiah. He'd go, I, I know what you're talking about, Dad. We say this, obey right away. That's what we teach them. Obey right, that's the expectation. Sometimes it's just telling the children what the expectation is. Obey right away. That's what we tell them. We want obedience right away. Anything, delayed obedience in our house is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. So we expect when we ask, when we do, when we say, obedience right away. And we also say, and check your heart. There have been times where, where things have happened and they didn't get the toy when the sister got the toy and, you know, inconsistent on our part. And he'll say, oh, he'll just be, how come I didn't? And we'll teach him, son, check your heart. And he'll know what I mean. I'm not saying it's bad to not get a toy, but what I'm saying is maybe he's wrapped up a little bit in the things of life. And I'll say, I'll say, check your heart. He'll know. I know what that means. The Bible says, children, obey your parents and everything for this pleases the Lord. And it actually says this, do everything. That's even you and I, parents, you and I. It's your turn. They spilled the milk. It's your turn. Right? No, we have to do everything without complaining or arguing. It's our role. So we say in our house, obey right away and check that heart. And we say this, we never discipline in anger. The Bible actually says when you act in anger, you sin. You, you sin against whoever you're acting out to. That could be our children. So we never discipline in anger. Oh, man, is it tempting to do so? Yeah. In that moment when Dave literally pulled all of the cups out of the dishwasher and they're on the floor and you just ran that thing and it's clean, and you're like, now they're all over the... F-. Just mop the floor and they come running in with their muddy feet. You're right, you just bought them a brand new whatever and it's on the floor broken, Right? Okay, that just happens in my house. Cool. So we're going to go back, babe. We got to work on our children. All right. We agree never to discipline in anger. And we always do this. We always promptly instruct. And reconciliation is always right there next to it. My children have done dumb stuff like every child has. But I'll look to my son and I'll say, Jeremiah, listen, you know what you did was wrong. Here's why it's wrong. Here's what you did that was wrong. Here's the action. Here's the attitude. And he knows right away, I'm going to say, but I forgive you. He has to know. He has to learn. Because you know who does that for us? Yeah, our heavenly father who looks at us and goes, I forgive you still. We model that for our children. 
Are we perfect? Oh, God, help us. No, we're not. You may catch me one day at H-E-B with my hand raised and my anger. And you, I may look at you and go, okay, I'm sorry. All right, forgive me. You just wait till we get home. No, it's the nature. We're still learning as parents, but we have, what we have learned, what we have learned is we just, we're going to teach them, we're going to implement the correction right then, not five years later. Do you remember what you did four weeks ago in two days and seven minutes? He's like, I don't know what I did yesterday, right? It's implement right away. Teach right away. And always offer reconciliation. Your children need to know that their actions don't push them away from you. Because our actions don't push us away from the God of heaven. He's always open-armed and said, I forgive you. It's called grace. And as parents, we need to learn this. I don't have time to get to the last section of this, but... Oh, I got, I got five minutes. I'm good. All right. I just, the keyboard came on. I'm like, I got to wrap this up. I got five minutes. Here we go. Next five minutes, we're going to change this subject. Smart discipline. The last five minutes are going to be put on smart heart. And we're just going to have great music behind us to do this. All right. Smart heart. Simply this. When Jesus was teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, starts his ministry and starts teaching. He opens it up with blessed are, right? Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. And he says this, blessed are the pure in heart for they get to see God. Okay, listen, I don't care if you have kids or no kids. You're a single young adult. I don't know about you, but I want to see God. I prayed about him. I've talked to him. I've preached about him. I want to see him. I want to know him. I want to experience. I want to see him. The Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart. So how do we have smart hearts? How do we have smart hearts? Very quickly, just simply, how do we have smart hearts? Number one, I'm going to skip way ahead, guys, because we only got five minutes. It starts with guarding our hearts. And if you are a parent who has a little one in your house or a teenager in your house, you are the authority in the house. God has set you there to guard their hearts because they don't always know how to do that themselves. But us as individuals, if we're going to have smart homes, smart faith, smart families, it starts, or it's a part of it, it's having smart hearts. We've got to guard that heart. The Bible says everything flows from there. Above all else, guard your heart. Why? Why is the heart? Why did he say guard your feet or guard your head or guard your elbows? Because if you ever hit your elbow, man, that hurts. Why not guard this, right? Like guard your elbow. Why? He says guard your heart. Why? Because everything flows from there. Their character, their purpose, their love for you, their love for others, their love for God. It starts in the heart. You don't accept Jesus Christ in your mind. It's a heart thing, right? He says guard it. So we got to do that if we're going to have smart homes. we got to guard our hearts. So what does that mean? That means don't give your 12-year-old access to the Internet without unfiltered help because they're going to be tempted. Do you know that the earliest exposure to pornography, you know what age it is? Somebody take a guess. Six. You're pretty close. It's like nine. If you said anything above nine, you're wrong. Well, it's just middle school, right? No, nine years old. You know, my son turns nine this summer. I'm terrified of this. Nine years old, the first exposure to pornography. Nine. We have to guard their hearts and set boundaries in our families. The friends, and just letting them go out with anybody not knowing their friends. No, 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 no. We don't do that. That's not smart. What they watch, what they read, they just shut the door and we don't, you know, ever check up on them. We think we're giving them their space. They don't have space. No. You don't have space. My son said something to me today. He said something about 
my stuff. I said, boy, you don't own anything. Not a single thing. You don't own one thing in this house. Who paid for it? He's like, you did. You don't own it. You didn't pay for it. We got we to gotta, we gotta hold them accountable. So I put, I, I hope they did this. I had two pictures, um, just a practical resource for parents of young people and teenagers in your house. One of them is called Covenant Eyes. I promise you, it will protect your family. It's a filter, but it's also a blocker for things that you don't want. CovenantEyes.com, it's a paid subscription thing. It'll be the most important thing you pay for this year. Put it on any device, an iPod, an iPad, iPod Touch. You can put it on any, I mean, it is just a great resource for blocking the junk. And if you don't know this about your teenagers or your, even your, my nine-year-old has one, uh, their electronic devices, most electronic devices that are created today can get on the internet. If it, no, not his little DS. Yes, DSs can get online. I want to know if you know that, but they can't. I didn't know that. Let's get involved, all right? Let's get smart when it comes to purity over our children. PSPs and PS this, they, all of them can get online. Covenant Eyes is a great resource for you. You can download it. It's got to be a part of your arsenal as a prepared parent, as a smart parent. And then I put another one. Right-click, Parenting Your Teenager in a Digital Media World. You find it on Amazon, it's a book. It's not very long. It's not very thick, but it's a great resource. A lot of great uh, things in there. We're about to, I'm going to implement this in my family. I read it this week. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to implement this. My son came up to me this morning and said, Dad, I want you to download this app for me. There's a cool little uh, page in this thing that says, if your kids want an app, they go, got to go through a whole process. What's the, what kind of app is it? What are you going to do with this app? Who are you going to connect with in this app? Why, and you're saying, you're creating suspicion. No, I'm not. I'm guarding their heart. Because the enemy doesn't want to do that. The enemy wants to make sure they don't make it out of elementary before they see pornography. And I'm not going to let that happen in my family. So come on, parents. Come on, young adults. I, I, I could do, no, guard your heart. Right click is a great resource. And I know some people say, just let, your, just let their conscience be their guide. Disney got this completely wrong. They, they, I know I'm going to be sacrificed because I said Disney got something wrong. But they did. Always let your conscience... You know what the Bible says about our conscience? Some of us has been seared. It's been blocked out because of the sin in our life. I am not going to let my conscience guide me. I'm going to let something a little bit more stable guide my life. So I'm going to guard my heart. And I'll end with this. And then I'm going to pursue perfect... I'm going to pursue perfect purity in my family and in my life as an individual, as a Christ follower. Last verse I read, Psalms 119 says this, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to, here it is, your word. I seek you with all my heart. I don't stray from it, from your commands. So let's reread this family style, all right? How can our family stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. We will seek you with all of our hearts as a family and do not let us stray from your commands. Why? Because those who obey and those who fear the Lord are long remembered. They make it. You want your teenager to make it out of high school and still serve Jesus? Guard their heart. Teach them the principles of God's word. Teach them perfect, perfect purity. Any impurity is imperfect. Any impurity. There was, a, there was a, an illustration I remember as a kid. The, the Sunday school teacher brought these brownies in, right? 
And everybody was like, ooh, we're like third graders, so brownies were amazing as a third grader, right? And they brought these brownies, and she started telling us, we're all going to get to have a brownie today, right? You already know where I'm going with this. If you grew up in church, you've heard this a thousand times. We're all excited about brownies. Our mouths are watering. She's got brownies in this little bowl, and she's going to give it. She's already promised us free brownies at the end of it. So we're all not even paying attention to what she's saying and just thinking about the brownies. And we're like, brownies, brownies. And she says, but i got to tell you something about these brownies. Um, I, I made them with eggs and, and flour and all the great stuff, and they're moist and they're good. But I added one special ingredient. Ingredients. Just, I mean, it's just a tiny little scoop. I mean, not even like size of my fingernail, uh, but, but I, I, I put some poop in my brownies today. And immediately we're like, what did she just say poop in church? She just said poop. Right? We start laughing. And she's like, here, it's just, it's, I mean, it's like the size of my pinky fingernail. It's just a tiny little, little bitty, but I put it in there. Anybody want any brownies? None of us wanted that brownie. I remember that. I remember that. For third grade, I remember that. Because a little bitty poop still was in there. And I don't want to eat that. That's gross. And some of us as families, we, we've just rationalized. It's just a little. It's one little baby app on the phone. It's one little, you know, I just, it's just a DVD we rented from Redbox. I mean, it's just got a couple, you know, it's PG-13 and not, listen, a little bit. A little bit can cause impurity to set into our families. So as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So here's the challenge tonight. Set up smart doors. Open up the doors in your house, as in your life. Create smart discipline. Step into a world of discipline. It's not letting the world discipline your children. No, we have to take ownership to that. And then lastly, you're responsible for the purity of your life. It's your heart. It's not mine. It's your heart as a young adult, as a student, as whatever. You, it's your heart. You're responsible for it tonight. How to take that heart and place it in the hands of a God who trusts, who we trust, and who will protect it, guard it. Let's pray. Father, I, I, hope, I hope this has helped at least one family tonight, one individual, one person who's here tonight and just needed to know that they're not failing as a parent, but they have so much that they can add to their family values and who they are as an individual. All that got that somehow they walk out of this place through your word, challenged and changed. Now I'm going to speak to the individuals in this room who maybe you feel like your purity is already ruined. Your teenagers are already grown and you failed in a discipline or maybe the door was never open for you so you don't know how to open that door. You just feel like this is overwhelming. It's too late. I just want to speak this. The Bible says with God, all things are possible. You do what you can and watch God do the impossible in your family. It's never too late to start leading your children to the Lord. It's never too late to have those conversations. It's never too late to guard your life. It's never too late to wrap your heart around the word discipline. You can start today. You say, but I've had decades of... No, you can start today. That's the beauty of God's grace. Father, I pray for those in this room who just feel like they blew it, they've messed up. Whether it's in the area of purity or in the area of discipline, God, I just pray tonight that you would encourage their heart that it's never too late with you. You would rather us repent and say I'm sorry a million times than to ever hear us say that we give up. So I pray you pray a spirit of encouragement upon them tonight as they leave this place and that we will build strong families at Westover Hills. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone